I confess, I have now become the sexpert among my friends. Thanks, Bedpost. This podcast is intended for those 18 and over. If that's not you, please check out scarletine.com and come back to this podcast when you are of age. Thank you for downloading the Bedpost Confessions podcast. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based monthly reading and performance series about sex, sensuality, and the steamy side of life. Between performers, we ask audience members to anonymously submit anything worthy of a confession, which is then read aloud by one of our producers. Bedpost Confessions celebrated its one-year anniversary this month. As part of the celebration, each of the four Bedpost producers read their work, and some of the performers from the past year read confessions from the audience. This podcast episode will feature the performance of Julie Gillis, recorded at the anniversary show on September 8, 2011. Julie will be reading a true confessions piece that reveals the Julie that existed before the well-spoken woman working for sexual literacy. Here is Julie reading her piece, Do You Think I'm Sexy? I stand before you today with the information that I was not always the sexual goddess that you see. I know. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Um, really, uh, well, I, mean, I, I was less sexy than I am now, which is also easy to believe. Um, <laughs> uh, back in high school in Athens, Georgia, I was in the marching band. Woo! I was actually an oboe player. Anybody, any double reeds in the house? Because you had to, you could not march with the double reeds, so I was playing the cymbals. And they all smoked dope, and I did not, so that's like how dorky I was, all right? I'm just saying. Okay, so then I was also in theater. Yes, but let's remember high school, at least in Athens, Georgia, it was like, I think she's a lesbian. I don't know what a lesbian is, but I think she is a lesbian. So that was kind of how that was. And um, I was a budding feminist in uh, the 80s, which uh, I successfully debated against um, a football player that Medea had every right to kill Jason's new wife because <laughs> he left her behind and banished her and her children. So that, that made them think that I was a witch as well. So given all those very enticing uh, extracurriculars, you can see why I didn't get any dates. I did date a lot of gay boys who did not know they were gay. And then I knew they were gay. And then I told them they were gay. <laughs> it worked out. It was fine. My prom date looked like uh, Sheila E. It was a fun night. <laughs> it was fantastic. I wore a flapper dress. So um, I did not get laid in high school. When I got to the University of Georgia, um, I was determined to have sex and to become sexy. And I found a few boyfriends. Um, but no one that was really appealing to me in that whole, like, pop your uh, penis and vagina intercourse virginity kind of way. And so, you know, I was, like, waiting, slutting around um, until Todd. Todd was the brother of a theater friend of mine, right? And he lived 70 miles away, so that made it kind of perfect because <laughs> he was not in town. I could, like, do things. Um, and he, he lived with his parents, which was weird, but he was in Atlanta, so it was sort of like an apartment with grown-ups. And he was really good-looking, and he was really well-built, and he had a motorcycle, which meant he must know something, right? (laughs) 
So we had sex. It was really painful. Um, he was really well hung, and I was a virgin. A virgin. Uh, I didn't care, because I was having sex, and that meant that I was sexy, and sexy people had sex, and that's what that meant. So I was going to have as much sex as I could, even if I didn't like it. Which I didn't, because it wasn't any fun. Um, from that in inaugural moment, I was like, I was up for sex. I was like, whenever, whatever, whatever you want to do, man, I'll do it. Uh, and I was more worried about, like, the act of it, right? Instead of feeling hot. And uh, I didn't, you know, didn't enjoy any of it. Um, and I was an actress. I was in acting school, so I just acted a lot. I like pouted and posed and arched and rolled and writhed and moaned and said things that felt really fake coming out of my mouth. Um, but you know, that's what being sexy was in my mind at that point. And I, I decided I would, I would like come up with things to do. Like I would pick interesting locations, like outdoors. Okay, outdoors. That's that's really hot. Being out outside um, in an abandoned baseball field, even though he didn't really want to do it, and I basically like assaulted him. It was like a moment. It was a queertastics moment, folks. It was like I should have just been like put his penis back in his in his in his you know in his shorts. But I was like, oh, we were in a baseball field. You know, it's like an abandoned school playground at night, which is really not. Cool, but I was I was like just I was determined, and I in, I attempted to integrate props. Yeah, I was like like expensive lingerie that I spent all this like money I didn't have on, which he just sort of tossed aside and wanted a blowjob, <laughs> like um like spanking. I was like I want you to spank me, and he was like why. I couldn't answer that question. <laughs> and so he wanted a blowjob. So like food, like food. I was like, honey and chocolate. Yeah, we're going to do some honey and chocolate. And he was like, all right. And I got really messy, and I got a yeast infection. And my roommate got really pissed because it attracted ants. I mean, not that the yeast infection didn't attract ants. I don't think that was what attracted the ants. But anyway, that was disastrous. So um, so these attempts to be sexy really pretty much always ended in like quick vanilla sex, which was a little bit painful. Um, because we were not, it was like a Kama Sutra thing where one's a cow and one's like a, I don't know, like a ferret or something. And it was like, <laughs> it wasn't quite right. And um, but I remained undaunted, folks. I was like, I'm going to do this. This is my quest. I am going to make up for lost time, because I was a loser, and I played the oboe, and um, I'm going to just be hot. And so I was trying to impress him, and I was trying to just like read books and get tips and do this stuff. And uh, I was making up for this dorky, weirdo, witch, lesbian, not knowing what a lesbian was moment in my life. <laughs> so I decided, I, like, I read these, I read, read sex tips. Not wearing underwear is really hot, because then you can tease your man. And I was like, okay, I gotta figure out a time to not wear underwear, and um, and then flaunt it, flaunt it, you know, show it off. And I was like, oh, we're, I know, we're going on this long car ride to his parents' house in Atlanta for his brother's high school graduation. So I'll um. Well, we'll figure out how to make that happen. So he comes to pick me up. We go to this shoals and go swimming. And, and uh, I pack this very light bag with a dress. It was an, an 80s, like late 80s mini dress. Any, anyone? 
anyone? Late 80s mini dress, real not attractive. Um, kind of blue and white. It was not a sexy dress, but it was real short. And, um, and so I think, okay, we'll get back to the parents' house, and I'll change, and then we'll get in his car to go to the graduation, and I'll be like, hey, look what's under here. And then it'll like, I'll, like, I'll stoke the fires for you know the whole evening. And then on the ride home, it'll be really hot. So I thought that was a great idea. And it all planned out. So we get to the parents' house late, as per usual, and I changed, and I'm in my dress, and as I was getting ready to get in the car and taunt him with these like very accessible nether regions of mine, um, the, his car would not start. So we were alone at this house with a car that's not starting, and we're late for his brother's high school graduation. And he got mad, which he did actually a lot, which was another reason that I shouldn't have dated him. Anyway, so he said, we'll take the motorcycle. And I was like, um, let's not do that. And he was all like, Ugh. and I was like, I'm, you know, I couldn't, I, and I just wasn't, I couldn't say the words. I'm in a mini dress without any underwear on. And he was like, get on the bike. And I, and I got on the bike. So let's just take a moment to picture this. It's me, 20 years younger. I look exactly the same. Um, and I'm in a mini dress with this giant helmet. And I'm clinging to a man in leather pants on the back of a Honda Rebel going 90 miles an hour, because we're late, remember, through the tangle of um, highways at, at Midtown Atlanta. And all these truckers are mysteriously honking, <laughs> incessantly. And they're waving. And I'm like trying really, really hard to not look at them. But you know, you guys, it's really hard to tuck a mini dress under yourself on a bike going 90 miles an hour. <laughs> on a freeway. And the honking is making Todd really, really angry. So he starts driving faster through the city. And I'm sure that I'm going to die. And there's more honking, and there's more waving, and then there's faster, and then there's more honking, and there's more waving, and there's faster. And I'm going to be dead in the middle of midtown Atlanta with my skirt up over my boobs and my bare ass non-shaved because no one did that in 1990. Pudenda will be exposed for all the world to see, and my mother will not accept the body. <laughs> but wait, it gets better. We get to the high school graduation, it's fine, I'm not wounded. Uh, the graduation is at a gym, of course, right? And there are these, the only seats at this point, it's late in the game, the only seats are at the back of some slatted bleachers. <laughs> which I'm trying to navigate in a mini dress with no underwear on and an angry boyfriend who doesn't know any of those things. So he's pulling me up the bleacher and it looks kind of like this because I'm, I'm trying not to flash anyone. And he's giving me that, why are you being a bitch kind of face, you know? All right, so why didn't I tell him? Why didn't I just sort of go, okay, guy, what's happening um, because I had it in my head that this was still going to work <laughs> on the way home I was still going to uh, seduce him with my un underwearless ass on the ride home because I was committed and I was really fucking dumb alright so ceremony 
ends, pomp and circumstance, everybody gets their graduation, everybody's great, blah, blah, blah. And I was like going through the ceremony and I was like, uh, and I felt like kind of sick and I felt kind of weird and I was like, uh. and I think, oh, maybe this springing feeling in my abdomen uh, is stress from the, dr- no, d- just wait, just wait, just wait. <laughs> I think this is stress, you know. Um, I, so I'm exhausted from attempts to be sexy for the last six months. And, and, like I, and so the, it comes when I stand up. And ladies, you're going to know what, what I'm talking about when I say this. Sometimes you're just not expecting this moment to happen. And you, and you do something, you shift. And you feel something drop in your vagina. And when you're, you know, when you're 20 years old, you, you've had enough of those moments to go, oh, that's my period starting. So that happened. Yeah. And I'm faced with the reality that I, A, am exhausted from being on a motorcycle going 90 miles an hour through midtown Atlanta and being harassed by truckers. I am in a mini dress. I do not have underwear, and I'm at the top of a set of slatted bleachers. And there is a small, perhaps, but significant portion of my uterine lining (laughs) attempting to exit my body in a natural and normal expression of my womanhood. (laughs) So, I don't really exactly know how I got down the bleachers, but it probably was something like clenching your thighs together with the might of a virgin face with a barbarian horde. Um, and I kind of, it was sort of like, it was sort of like. And I'm like pushing children and grandparents and aunts out of the way um, because I don't want to leave a trail of ruby droplets behind me to mark my path. Well, you don't. It would not be polite, and I didn't even really know his brother. <laughs> so I find my way to the bathroom, and because school was out of session, and because I didn't have a purse or quarters, uh, the bathroom was out of, of tampons. So, all right. The next bathroom was out of tampons. And then I find myself in a teacher's lounge. I'm like, ah, oh, finally. Someone's going to have some pads in this place, or tampons in this place. And there's no supplies. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I think, oh, well, this is, you know, maybe the men go to this bathroom too, and so they can't know that women menstruate because it's Georgia. And uh, <laughs> it'd be, that would be impolite as well. So I thought, I'll just, you know, I'll just, ladies, you know the street. You're just like, I'm going to fold up some, some toilet paper and stick it in my under. Oh. I'm not wearing underwear. Okay. Um, okay. All right, what to do? And I've got like this vagina and it's threading to flood. And um, I've got a boyfriend waiting outside who's probably angry. And I've got institutional toilet paper and I'm running out of time. So I took a breath and I said a prayer to the goddesses that I did worship at the time because I was a little witchy. And I rolled, I rolled my own tampon. And I wedged it tightly inside of my newly deflowered flower. And I got back to his parents, and they were just about getting in their car, and everybody was confused. <laughs> my, uh, my boyfriend, Todd, was confused because I would not get on the bike, and uh, his parents were confused because uh, I threw myself in their car, and they had met me like maybe a month prior. Uh, and we got back to the house, and I raced to, to his sister's room, and I grabbed my bathing suit, and I put my bathing suit on, and I found a nice, proper, soft, bleached, adhesive pad, which was non-invasive after I 
Doug unmentionably will think about it. What goes in must come out. So it's mostly a one-way street up there. I mean, it's a two-way street at times. Anyway, doesn't matter. Things come out of it, but that's not what you really want, because you don't want paper coming out like that. Anyway, so we got through the reception at his parents' house, and he was just like, oh, I swear you mean a bitch, you know, like that. And um, so we took the car, we took another car, like one of his parents' cars, back to Athens, and he said, why were you acting so weird all night? And I told him, I told him the whole story, and I told him, like, I wanted to seduce him, and I wanted to, like, not wear underwear, so I would be sexy, and give him, you know, a good time, and then I told him my period started, and he just laughed. And he said, well, that was dumb. You could have just given me a blowjob. Do you want to still give me a blowjob? And I said, no. I didn't. <laughs> I had like a moment of clarity, which takes a while, because I'm a real hard head. Um, because I didn't feel sexy, and he didn't seem sexy, and nothing was sexy happening in my pants at the moment. And I'm, you know, probably going to have some sort of infection from, like, school toilet paper. And uh, I didn't really think that him calling me dumb was a really good idea. Because I was trying really hard to make him happy, you know? Like, I was going through all of this effort that he wasn't noticing. And I don't think he meant to be a douchebag, because a lot of 20-year-old guys don't mean to be douchebags. But he was. And, um, and I can see that it's funny. You know, like, who wouldn't laugh at that? You all laughed at it. I laugh at it. It's hilarious. But at the moment, it was not funny. And uh, he, didn't get, he didn't get it. I was going to a lot of trouble for him. And I wasn't actually enjoying any of it. That was the, that was the thing. Um, and so we broke up not too long after that. And I've learned several things because of that. Like, I like to wear underwear. I am wearing underwear right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I lose pieces of underwear occasionally. I have lost a few pieces of underwear when actual sexy sex was happening, which is like really good when you lose your underwear and you're like, oh my god. I started the night with underwear. <laughs> I lost my underwear. That's fun. Um, and I also keep tampons pretty much everywhere. <laughs> because that's important. And gentlemen, you really should just keep tampons, just in case you have a girlfriend or, you know, who's like, who's like, who tries hard for you to, to show you her stuff, you know? And then like, maybe she has an accidental period and you can be like the hero instead of the douchebag. So keep tampons around. Because really, menstruation is a proof that you did not knock someone up. That's good most of the time. Um, and then big, big duh, there's a big duh moral moment. Julie had a moral lesson. The moral of the story is that you can't like just act sexy. Like none of us feel sexy a lot of the time. Like who sometimes does not feel sexy? Oh, I'd say some of you always feel sexy apparently. What the fuck are you guys on? They're on three bourbons at this point. Um, no, but the thing is, you know, being sexy comes from a very mysterious place, and it comes from you actually being you and doing the things that you really like to do and not faking it, right? So don't fake it. So whatever you are, and whatever my 20-year-old self, this is what I would tell my 20-year-old self, you're sexy because you're sexy, and you're doing the thing that you do that you like to do, and that's what sexy is, and we all are that. Thus endeth the lesson. Amen.
Julie Gillis is an artist, social justice activist, and intersectionality junkie. As a parent, she believes in advocating for comprehensive age-appropriate sex education in schools. And as a grown-up, she believes in sexual literacy and equal rights in relationships. She's over 40, a redhead, and staunchly progressive, and likes martinis. While comedy and laughter will always be tools of her performance and art, one must never underestimate how serious she is about making this world a better place for people to love and be loved. Read more at juliegillis.com. And thank you, Julie, for making Bedpost Confessions truly special because of all that you bring to it. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Mia Martina of the I Want Your Sex podcast, Sadie Smythe of the popular blog sadiesopenmarriage.com, Julie Gillis of juliegillis.com, and Rosie Q. You can find links to all of our websites and more information about Bedpost Confessions at bedpostconfessions.com. You can also confess with us at Bedpost Confessions on Facebook and Bedpost Confess on Twitter. Until next time, we'll leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, I want my boyfriend to creep under the sheets in the middle of the night, eat my pussy until I come in his mouth, and then go back to bed. I confess, I only wanted a one-night stand. confess, I had a foursome for the first time last week. It was everything I needed and more. I confess, I had my first threesome a short while ago. Is that not delightful? I tend to be pretty vanilla. One of my new friends wanted me to fist her until she bled. After, after cleaning the sheets, I decided... I'm pretty vanilla. But I'm okay with that. And there's a happy face. <laughs> <laughs>